I promise you before this day is over, I am going to trip on these Christmas lights. So just pray for me as we get to the three and the five because I'll forget. Hey, this is always fun. Christmas Eve's a fun service to prepare for because uh, as we sit back, it has the same flow kind of every year. And uh, it's also really fun because we get to prepare as all of our pastors. So all of our campus pastors, as well as Jamie, we come together and we sit down and talk about what this year is going to look like. So Jamie this year, he said, you know, okay, we're finishing up Advent. We're going to sit back and be able to kind of walk through this. Our theme is going to be love. That's the theme of today's sermon. And he said, we're going to tell one story. We're going to kind of share one verse and we're going to give one takeaway. I said, wow, that's great. So I got to sit back and think about what's my favorite Christmas story. And it's one that many of you are familiar with, uh, but it's, it's deeply moving for me. In fact, I'll probably get moved a little bit even as I tell it, but it's the, the story of the gift of the Magi by O. Henry. And I'll, I'll summarize it for you guys. I, if we were to play the video or we were to have me read it, it would take longer than the sermon's going to be. And so the summary looks like this. It's a young couple, Jim and Della, and, and they're newly married and they have very little, almost no money. Jim makes just $20 a week. And so Della does everything that she can to stretch that money and to try and even barter with the marketplace attendants to save what little bit she can through the year. Because her heart's desire is to buy a gift worthy of Jim, her husband, the man that she loves so much. And so on Christmas Eve, a day just like this, she sat back and she just looked at what she'd saved throughout the year and was sad to find it was $1.87. And she sat there with this little bit of meager money, she just started to cry. And as she sat there in their small, shabby flat, she kind of stood up, tears still running down her face, and she looked over at two windows on the side of their apartment and a thin mirror that hung between them. And as she looked there at herself, tears streaming down her face, she looked at one of the family's two prized possessions, her long, beautiful brown hair as it hung waist-length, shining in the dimly lit apartment. The other great possession of the family was Jim's timepiece, a pocket watch that had been handed down from his grandfather and then to his father and now unto him. He carried it every day. Della's sitting there kind of in the midst of this terrible moment going, I I just don't have time. It's, It's all gone. There's no more money to have. And she's hit with an epiphany, her long, beautiful hair. And so she scurries from the apartment. She goes quickly coat on, hat on, and she goes down to the local hair accessory shop. And when she's there, she finds Madame Serrani. She looks at Madame Serrani as she's walking in to open her shop that day. And she says, Madam, Madam, would you buy my hair? She looks at her and she says, I don't know, dear, let me take a look. As Della takes her hat off, her hair falls waist length and just shining in the daylight. Madame Serrani says, of course I will. It's beautiful. She says, I'll give you $20. And so, so it happens Della leaves the shop that day with $20 in hand and her hat tucked over her freshly cut hair. She scurries around town to try and find the perfect gift for Jim. She goes to the shop, from shop to shop. She finally comes in and she sees it. There it is. It's a silver chain that would go perfectly with Jim's prized watch. She buys it. She looks over at the attendant and she says, well, how much is it? And she says, dear, I'm sorry, it's $21. Looking at her shabby attire, he can tell that would be a lot of money for her. As she sits there, she pulls out her freshly earned $20. She takes the other dollar from the 187. She jams the 87 cents back in her pocketbook and she makes the exchange for the prized piece that she takes home. From there, she realizes much time has passed since the cutting of her hair and the buying of the gift. She gets home and she settles herself in to try and fix what's left of her prized possession, her hair. 
By the time she's done, all she's able to do is just create kind of a, a mass of curls throughout her hair. And she stands in that same thin mirror that just hours before resembled this beautiful woman with long brunette hair now looks more like a young schoolgirl with ringlet curls. She kind of busies herself getting ready, doing the best she can, and she seats herself right in front of uh, the door where she normally sits waiting for Jim. He's never late. He's home at 7 o'clock every day. She had come kind of accustomed to saying a little prayer about simple daily things. And so that prayer that day sounded like this. Please, God, make him think I'm still pretty. Jim comes home at 7 o'clock, as he always does. And as he comes to the door, he simply looks at his beautiful bride in disbelief. He just mutters, where's your hair? She looks back and she says, I'm, I'm so sorry, Jim. I, I hope you still think I'm pretty. I sold it to buy you a gift. Don't worry, my hair grows so fast. Again, as if he hadn't even heard her in disbelief, he says, where is your hair? I sold it, Jim, but it will be okay. Come in and see what I have for you. Jim just smiles, he looks at his bride, and he says, no hair could ever take away from how beautiful my girl is. And as Jim is sitting there and he pulls off his shabby coat, he desperately needed a new one, but money was tight. He reaches into his pocket and pulls out a small gift. Sets it right there on the table. Della says, what's this? He says, it's my Christmas gift. I love you so much. She goes in and tears the gift open, and as she opens the gift, she finds an item of unbelievable treasure. In disbelief, she looks down at two silver combs adorned with jewels and shells. She'd seen them in the window for many years. She'd walked by them time and time again. They were the longing of her heart, but never in her wildest dreams did she ever think that she would possess them. At that moment, a smile of sheer joy turned to tears of sadness as she reached up slowly to feel the ringlet curls where her long, beautiful brunette hair had once hung, the hair that these combs were meant for. She tried to pull herself together and then was hit with an excited moment. It was all worth it because something greater was coming. She runs back to find her prized chain that she'd got for Jim. She brings it out in a little box. She hands it to him and he says, what's this? She says, it's my gift for you. It's why my hair is gone, Jim. He opens the box and he just falls back onto the couch. He stares into the box in disbelief. He looks down. She says, do you like it? He says, of course, I love it. Jim looks up with tears in his eyes and he says this. Dell, said he, let us put our Christmas gifts away and keep them a while. They are too nice to use just right now. I sold my gold watch to get the money to buy you the set of combs for your hair. Now why don't you put the meat on? You see, these two did something that is so in keeping with our season. They gave everything they had to give an extravagant gift. They took their prized possessions that they might give something so precious. They sacrificed of themselves to the benefit of another. That's really my definition for love. I think you'll find it's consistent across the board. To sacrifice of oneself to give of another is really the point of love. It's kind of root, its core is sacrifice. That's my story, and I was really confused about why this whole holiday season has been tough for me. I, many times, like with Winter Wonder and uh, Christmas Eve, there, it's just a busy season around here, and so those of you who know me well, I've talked much about how it wears us a little thin as pastors at times. 
And so I find myself sitting there, and as I've prepared to talk about this incredible season, I've found myself without words at times, even frustrated going, why can't I translate what's in my heart about Christ in the words that do it justice? I didn't realize why I was frustrated until Jamie gave us the verse that he wanted us to preach. It's 2 Corinthians 9, 15, and it says, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. You know why I've been frustrated, team? Because I've been trying to express something inexpressible. I stood in front of thousands of people at Winter Wonder and talked about the love of Christ. I'm here in front of what will be thousands today, trying to do the same thing. And what my heart knows, my, my tongue cannot put into words. I've experienced a gift that's inexpressible. And yet, as a preacher, I find myself with this incredible paradox that I can't quite express what my heart has felt. You know, the Bible's not foreign to this idea of this gift of the love of Christ. In fact, it connects it over and over again. One of our most famous verses in the Bible is that God looks down on the earth and he sees that they're in desperate need of something. John 3.16 says, For God so love the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son. It's the gift of Christ. Romans 5.8 again connects this concept. It says, God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Love, Christ's death are all connected as a gift unto the world. And lastly, Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sinner is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I want us to take some things away from this. I want us to look at the idea that, you know, that two people in our story, they had a love that was radically sacrificial. It was rooted in completely reckless self-abandon. We hear this story and we hear even the story of the scriptures in Christ and we're compelled to respond. It does something deep inside of us and it stirs us to think about what a love like that must feel like. In fact, removed so deeply that Christ gave everything to have mankind. But when he arrived here on earth, he found that what had been foretold for centuries was actually going to occur. That the people that he came to save were the very ones that would pin him to a cross. You know, in the midst of that moment, he looked, he gave his gift, and it was returned empty-handed. And even though he knew that humanity would be empty-handed in response to his gift, he sat back and he gave his gift anyway. Jesus spoke about his brand of sacrificial love in the book of John, chapter 15. He says this, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You see, Jesus wasn't speaking about his heroic act on the cross just to say, hey, it's going to be awesome. What he was doing was saying the greatest act of love that the earth will ever see is right around the corner. Just give me a few more chapters and I'll show you what it looks like. He was letting the world know that if they wanted to love like he loved, they would need to lay down their lives and follow his lead. I'm gonna have the band come back up and join us as we sing just a few more songs, but I wanna tie together a concept that has to do with gift giving. When somebody stands there with the gift, there's really two responses. Somebody comes and they've got the box and they kind of extend their hands and you're in that moment where you sort of go, okay, I've gotta either receive this gift or I'm gonna go through a really long, awkward what? Rejection. You can either receive it or reject it, and that's really it. You may church up your rejection a little bit. Oh gosh, you shouldn't have. Oh, which is a nice way of saying, I really don't want that, right? 
But there's a reality that you can either receive or reject it. And when we talk about God's gift of love to the world, you're in one of those two camps. God has connected this beautiful picture of Christ, his begotten son that he gave to the world and is sitting back and saying, you have two choices. You can receive this or you can reject this. If you're in the camp today where you're sitting here going, I have received that gift, then really I wanna point you back to the reason for this season, which is simple. It's that you continue to show the inexpressible gift of God's love to the world around you. It's an infinite gift. It's not just inexpressible, it's infinite. You'll never run out of God's love and the world around you is in desperate need of it. But you might be in a second camp today. You might be sitting back just simply saying to yourself, I don't really know if I'm in the camp that's received it. And I know it sounds like a harsh word, but you say, I, I think I've rejected God's love. And in that case, I have a question for you. Why? What is it about the love of God or God's offer to love you that you have found either offensive or uninteresting? Because that's kind of the camp that you might be in today. And if, if that's the case, then I wanna invite you to do something probably unexpected. I want to invite you to add a gift to your Christmas lifts this year. It's not a gift that you'll find at any store. It's a gift that you'll find in the same place that it's been for century after century. It's this gift of Christ and his love for your life. And it's found in the same place it's always been found. It's found in God's presence. And that's always just a prayer away. There might be some of you here who got dragged to church because it was kind of the entrance ticket for brunch. That's okay. I'm glad you're here. But I wanna challenge you with that why question. And then I wanna go further. I wanna say, if this gift of God's love sounds like it might be interesting for you today, I just wanna tell you, I'm happy to walk with you through that. It would absolutely make my Christmas to get to pray with one or many of you today to say, you know what, I've not heard it that way before. And believe me, if you're hearing something right now and it's hitting on your heartstrings, it has nothing to do with the way I'm saying it. It has everything to do with the fact that God is going, will you let me in? And you are having to respond. I'll be right down here at the end of the service. And my, my invitation is just, you can come down. I'll spend some time, I'll pray with you and give you a chance to accept the greatest gift you'll ever receive and that eternity is yours in Christ. You might wanna come down and just ask some questions. Either one's fine, but what I want you to do is feel the freedom to ask questions about this gift that's captivated my life and captivated the lives of so many around you. As we light candles today but, and before we sing Silent Night, we're gonna sing a song. And, and that song really hones in on a specific moment in the history of mankind. Uh, as it's fitting, we're gonna sing this song that focuses on a moment when the gift arrived. It's a song that highlights the world's response to something inexpressible. It's gonna be a song about a time when the world stood still. <laughs> 